This week on Double-Edged Sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture, Father Kevin Weber talks about the importance of music and liturgy. Father Kevin is being interviewed by Divine Mercy Radio's on-air host, Kelly Roper. We are now going to talk with Father Kevin Weber. And uh, Father, are you there? I am. Excellent. So good. So we are we are so grateful that you are joining us. And a uh, little bit of, of introduction here. Father Kevin Weber was ordained in May of 1992. He began his priesthood as the parochial vicar of St. Mary, Queen of the Universe Parish in Salina, where he's currently serving as pastor. In between, Father Kevin has served at St. Mary in Ellis and at the Immaculate Heart of Mary in Hayes. In all places where Father Kevin served, He has overseen major church renovations or the building of a new church space. Father Kevin has also served as vocations director and later as co-vocations director for the Diocese of Salina. So welcome. You have had uh, a lot on your plate over the the years, yes? (laughs) Well, yeah, we all do. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, that's true. I mean, there's not many priests that I talk to that don't have a lot on their plate. So, um, yeah, that's excellent. All right, so now we get to go in and, and find out more about what you do on, uh, and the topic of importance of music in the liturgy. I mean, I know all of us love it when we hear um, beautiful music. At, at, you know, during the mass, it really enhances the mass for us. So, so first of all, though, before we start into that, tell us a little bit about your background in music. So, well, um, music has always been an important part of my life. Uh, I mean, I was born and raised out on the farm north of Park, Kansas. Uh, and uh, I started singing almost as soon as I could talk. Wow. Um, I remember singing commercial jingles and theme songs from my favorite shows, uh, and those so- those songs still stick with me today. Um, I- I've always had this weird ability to kind of memorize tunes really quickly. I, I might not get the words always correct. Uh, I could get those wrong sometimes, uh, but the tune was usually spot on. Uh, for example, before I started school, like when I was three or four, I remember uh, mom used to love watching the the Joyce Livingston show, which was a a locally produced show out of Wichita, Kansas. Uh, I I think that's where it was from. And uh, she usually had guests and they talked about cooking and crafts and things like that, I think. Uh, But my favorite part of the show, I mean, I really didn't pay attention to what Joyce Livingston was saying or doing, but my favorite part of the show was the theme song. You know, it was Simon Garfunkel's Slow Down, You Move Too Fast. Ah. You got to make the morning last just kicking down the cobblestones, looking for fun and feeling groovy. And I just love that. I would would sit there and sing along to that song every day when when, uh, that show came on. Ah, so, uh, you are a great, a great, uh, you have a great voice, Father. Love it. So, um, like I said, I mean, it was just from my childhood on, I mean, you know, I, I'd sing those those favorite cartoon shows, uh, um, you know, like the Flintstones or Scooby-Doo uh, or, <laughs> uh, you know, um, come listen to a story about a man named Jed, you know, all those different songs. Mm-hmm. I just loved listening to them and then didn't have to necessarily have lyrics either. I mean, 
Uh, one of my favorites was when I was a kid was uh, uh, on, I'm not sure which evening it was anymore, but uh, Hawaii, when Hawaii Five-0 came on. I mean, I was right there in front of the TV screen, you know, and I'd just start dancing. Uh, and and I remember mom and dad and, and my brothers and sisters would just be sitting there laughing their heads off because I was into it, man. <laughs> I was dancing along with that song, and it, it was it was great. I just and the, all those songs just still stick with me to this day. Yeah. Um, and uh, I could I could tell time and days uh, well before I went to kindergarten because I knew what time my favorite theme song theme songs were coming on television. Yeah. So uh, another part of my uh, music at youth was uh, listening to the radio in the bedtime uh, bedroom at bedtime. Um, my brothers and sisters older. I, I had three older sisters and and two older brothers. Uh, and in our house, there were three bedrooms, mom and dad's, uh, the girls' room, and the boys' room. And uh, the, the boys' and girls' room shared a wall. And uh, my older siblings loved to listen to KOMA out of Oklahoma City. Uh, and uh, there was a top 40 station. And uh, they had developed, Gwen and Dan had developed a Morse code system that they would communicate to each other through the wall with about their favorite songs. So, so the radio was barely audible because we were supposed to be asleep, <laughs> but they'd be listening to the music and, and I could hear Wolfman Jack, you know, he was <laughs> introducing the newest Creedence Clearwater Revival song or something like that. And, and Dan and Gwen would be tapping on the wall as to indicate how much they liked each different song. And I, I don't remember what the code was, but it was, it was pretty intricate. And, they would, and, and I'd go to sleep hearing those songs. And so, uh, you know, and, and I'm, I'm only, you know, four or five years old, maybe even younger than that, perhaps. And I, I'd be hearing those songs. And uh, mom loved to tell the story about me singing the song Judy in Disguise. You know, uh -huh. Judy in Disguise, well, that's what you are. You know, and there's, there's a line in there that, that says, across your heart with a living bra. And she, <laughs> she just laughed. And, and when the kids got home from school, she says, well, uh, you know, Kevin, Kevin has the lyrics to this song, this song wrong. Uh, and she told him what I said. And they said, well, no, mom, that's what the song says. <laughs> She was completely shocked, and after the shock wore off, she said, you never listen to that song again. <laughs> and then she said, well, at least not while he's around. He tells me everything. <laughs> so, and, you know, my, uh, my, my, another one of my sisters, Marty, uh, she told me one time, she said, you know, I never knew if I could carry a tune or not until I taught you a song when you were little, and then I listened to you sing it back. And it sounded right, like it did on the radio. So I knew I could carry a tune because I taught you correctly. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so music, like I said, has always been a, a part of my life. And of course, there's music in the mass. You know, mm -hmm. so mass was never something that was dull for me uh, because th I knew there would be music, there would be singing, and I was encouraged to sing along. So oh, that was it fit perfectly as far as I was concerned. Yeah. Uh, and I could memorize those songs. Uh, at church just as easily as I could uh, could uh, memorize commercial jingles or theme songs or the top 40 hits. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so yeah, it was, it was pretty great. And um, I, another neighbor of ours, uh, Dad used to tell the story about uh, our neighbor, Rich Robin. Um, he had a pasture that was about a mile south of us out in the, in the country. And uh, he told Dad one time, he says, you know, I was out checking cattle, and I heard this voice singing. And he says, and I, 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 it was singing, 
O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. And he says, I looked around, and he says, and I saw your old Minneapolis Moline tractor running around the field up across the way. And he says, and I knew it was Kevin singing at the top of his lungs, and I couldn't believe I could hear him over the roar of the tractor and over a mile away. <laughs> so uh, so those, those songs just seeped into my soul as well. And, uh, uh, you know, when I was a freshman in high school, um, we got a new priest, and, and uh, he wanted me to continue being an altar server. And I told him no, uh, because the tradition at Park, at least back in those days, was uh, you started serving in second grade, you served up through eighth grade, and then you were done. And he said, well, that's dumb. He said, you bump into each other for a couple of years, and then you finally get, uh, get good at what you're doing, and then you quit. He said, I want you to serve until you're out of high school. And I just, I just turned him down flat. I said, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so he switched tactics, and he says, well, okay. He's not, I've heard you singing at Mass. How about you become a cantor for the parish? Mm-hmm. I looked at him and I said, yeah, I can do that. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I became a cantor for the parish as a freshman in high school, and, uh, and that was a fateful, not, not fatal, but fateful decision, mm-hmm. uh, because from there, the priest then started talking to me about going to the seminary. Uh, he was also talking with some of the older parishioners, telling them that he was talking with me about going to the seminary. And so inevitably, uh, when I would cantor, uh, as I was leaving church after Mass, uh, anyone or several of those old widows or widowers would uh, would say something like, uh, oh, you, you did a really nice job, uh, you know, leading the singing this morning. Thank you. And, you know, you'd make a good priest. You know, oh, we're praying for you. We're praying for you. Well, what are you supposed to do with that? I mean, you know, I would just have to kind of grin and, and bear it and, and say, well, thank you, you know, but, but I'd get back to the car and mom could tell I was irritated and she'd say, well, what's wrong with you? I'd say, oh, Bill Fahey just told me he's praying for me to go to the seminary, or Sophie Czar is praying for me to go to the seminary. And, and uh, she said, well, well that, that's a good thing. And I was like, yeah, well, I don't want to do that. You know? so, um, but uh, that, was, that was the beginning of, of my, my call to the seminary. And before I went to the seminary, I, I did go to Fort Hay State University uh, and studied music performance for two mm-hmm. years. Um, it was the only thing I really had any interest in, and uh, and so I went to to uh, Fort Hayes, uh, and I learned an awful lot. Uh, you know, prior to that, I couldn't read a note. Um, I, I did I did then and still do most of my singing by ear. Uh, I mean, I listen to it and I, I can I can pick it up very quickly. Uh, but I couldn't tell you what a C was in comparison to a G flat or which keys those were on the piano. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm still not exceedingly proficient at sight-reading music, but I can plunk, it out on, plunk out a tune on the piano and, and uh, uh, figure it out. But, mm-hmm. uh, but I learned an awful lot. Uh, and one of the things that I learned uh, at Fort Hay State University was that much of the music performed in college choirs uh, on the college choir level is oftentimes sacred music, you know, and that that just really impressed me that these public universities like Fort Hay State or, or you know, wherever else, um, that most of the music that they were performing or a good portion of it oftentimes had sacred beginnings, you know, um, of course, you know, Bach, Mozart, uh, you know, all those uh, can, um, classical composers, much of what they were writing was sacred music. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so uh, um, that was where I kind of learned a lot. And then, then I transferred to Conception, uh, where I learned a whole lot more about uh, not just sacred music, but specifically Catholic sacred music mm-hmm. uh, and its history and importance in the liturgy. 
uh, and I learned much, you know, so much about Gregorian chant and, and about praying Liturgy of the Hours, which involved a great deal of, of sung prayer and, and such like that. And so throughout the years, I, I've been able to use that uh, in my priesthood, of course. But I, I use this almost every time that I anoint somebody, uh, and it's, Jesus, come to us, lead us to your light. Jesus, be with us, for we need you. And then I usually sing one verse of the song and then repeat the refrain. Uh, but, but you know, I, I, uh, I learned that song a long time ago, and, and I just thought, you know, that that's when we're, when we're doing the anointing of the sick, praying for somebody's healing, I mean, that's what we're asking for is Jesus to come to us and heal us and give us strength and hope and, and, uh, uh, because, because we need him, uh, and, and we just express that so well through that song. So, yeah. so tell us a little bit about how does music add or take away from the liturgy? Well, one of the things that, that that is talked about, you know, certainly after Vatican Council II, but even prior to Vatican Council II, was, you know, uh, uh, we need to have full and active participation during the Mass, you know. And, and sometimes that can be misconstrued or, or misinterpreted. Uh, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that everyone should pick up the book and, and sing every song and that all the songs must be congregational in nature. Now, as a, as a person who loves music and gets a tremendous, out, uh, tremendous amount out of it myself, and I understand uh, all the experiences, how it enhances the Mass, the source and summit of our faith is, is the theme uh, this uh, this go around. Um, I, I personally wish that everyone would pick up their hymnals and sing along, uh, but I understand that there are other ways to fully and actively participate in the mass. Uh, you know, so um, while sometimes I, you know I, I, I'm looking out across the congregation and you know I'm seeing people singing full throated, you know, and it's wonderful. Uh, and then I also see the that person out there kind of with their arms folded and their lips are not moving at all. <laughs> and uh, I'm like, come on, dude, you know, at, least, yeah. at least give it a shot. Um, but, uh, um, you know, that, and that's, that's understandable. You know, if, they, if music isn't their thing, um, then, then that isn't something that they need to necessarily um, really uh, do. I mean, if they can push themselves towards it, that, that's a wonderful experience, but it, it's not entirely necessary. But they are called to fully and actively participate. And, and so what really bugs me is when I'm looking out across the congregation when we're uh, reciting the creed or the, the Lord's Prayer or, or something like that, and I look at that same person and their lips are still solidly closed. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so, uh, so yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, music is a great way that that does incorporate full and active participation uh, by an, any number of people, uh, and it, it's uh, it's a good thing for us to do. So, when you have somebody who you know can can sing well uh, and and lead the congregation, or a beautiful choir that can sing well and, and lead the congregation in that music, then it certainly enhances. You know, and music has been a part of of, of the church. Since since the beginning, I mean, um, you know, the first mass that that was celebrated, uh, you know, uh, the the Lord's uh, the Last Supper, you know, um, there there was singing in that. Just, just let me read you from uh, uh, Matthew chapter twenty six, uh, verse twenty six. Um, well, I'll read a little bit more than that. But uh, uh, while they while they were eating, Jesus took bread, said the blessing, broke it, and giving it to his disciples, said, "Take this, all of you. This is my body." 
Then he took the cup, gave thanks, and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf of many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, from now on, I shall not drink this fruit of the vine until the day when I drink it with you new in the kingdom of my Father. Mm. And then, chapter uh, 30 says, Then, after singing a hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives. Okay, so, you know, the very first Mass that was ever celebrated, the Lord's Supper, uh, the Last Supper of the Lord, um, they, they were singing hymns. They were singing psalms, hymns and inspired songs. Uh, you know, that's another, another uh, aspect of, of uh, in, uh, like, Psalm 95. Um, let, me, let me look that one up for you real quick. Um, but uh, it, it says the same type of thing. Uh, I'm going to take me a little bit to find it here. I should have had it bookmarked. Um, so uh, so uh, Psalm 95, it starts out, Come, let us sing joyfully to the Lord. Let us acclaim the rock of our salvation. Let us greet him with thanksgiving. Let us joyfully sing psalms to him. You know, and so we, we, were, we have been being called as a people of God to, to sing psalms, hymns, and inspired songs to him uh, since, very, you know, since the very beginning. Um, and, and so music is, is one of those ways that we um, enhance our liturgy and enhance the Mass. Now, of course, you, you say, well, how, how can music detract you know, or, or uh, take away from the Mass? Well, if it's done poorly. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so uh, unfortunately, you know, you, you know, you sometimes you have, have uh, uh, somebody who uh, is, is having a bad day or, or you know, they're, they're just not a very good singer and, and they're uh, singing, you know, pretty loudly or something like that. And, and all of a sudden it can become a distraction, you know, and, and um, uh, especially if, if it is a, if it is a canter and that, that doesn't happen real often. Usually people are, are pretty good, but, but every now and then, you know, you, you have somebody who is, is not very self-aware uh, of, of, you know, their singing ability and so on and so forth or lack thereof. And, um, you, you know, in Forrest Gump, I don't know if you remember that movie, you know, he's singing in a, in a choir, uh, and it's clear that he is just, just awful, you know, but, um, you know, you, you got to give him credit. They're like, well, you know, you're trying, you're trying to sing to the Lord. And, and, you know, I, I heard one, uh, one adage one time, you know, well, if you got a great voice, good, sing to the Lord and give him praise. If you got a horrible voice, well, sing out and let him know that you, that he messed up, you know, <laughs> so, uh, but, uh, but yeah, the, the, the music uh, that we have enhances the liturgy so much. And one of the things that we sometimes get, get kind of stuck in um, as Catholic Christians with our Mass is, is that we, uh, we, we kind of get into the, the, the four-song, you know, just this is the way we do it, opening song, offertory song, communion song, closing song. We just get into that pattern, we get stuck in it, and we're picking the same songs all the time. Uh, you know, there's... Uh, again, the old joke, you know, sing a new song unto the Lord, you know, but we sing the same old songs again and again and again, you know. So uh, we sometimes need to really challenge ourselves to, to do more. Recently, I, you know, because part of the music, it, you know, like, like I was telling you earlier with my uh, childhood, you know, I, I loved the, the theme songs of shows that had lyrics that I could learn and sing along to. But I also love those theme songs that were just musical, you know, like Hawaii Five-0. Mm -hmm. And uh, sometimes in the Mass, it, it, it's just as, as enhancing and, and, and beautifying and, and lifts our souls and spirits to the Lord uh, when, we, when we just have an, an, an instrumental piece, yes. you know. 
when, when we just have uh, the organ playing or, or the piano. Uh, just recently, um, like last week, this past weekend, I think it was, uh, at, at one of our masses, um, the cantor happens to also be a, a, a wonderful violinist. And uh, they sang the communion hymn, and then at, at the end of communion, all of a sudden, you know, the, the uh, keyboardist, she started playing the piano, and I was like, oh, okay, we're going to have another song. And then uh, the violin came in. The, the cantor was playing her violin, mm. and it was just beautiful. And, and I, you know, sat down, and, and we sat there and reflected upon that, that beautiful music, and, and when it was finished, and did the prayer after communion and such, and um, I... Uh, uh, moved into my announcements, and when I was finished with the regular announcements that I had for the weekend, um, I said, and uh, I said, I don't know about anybody else, but I can tell you, you can play that violin anytime you want. Oh. <laughs> yeah, so. it really does, especially I think after communion. Um, you know, just having the the instrumental um, really enhances our prayers after receiving Jesus in the Blessed Sacrament. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and and you know one of the things that that we're uh, that I, and I I will uh, point my finger at myself here. One of the things that we're not very good at as Catholic Christians, we're not very comfortable with, is silence. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, um, while while the spoken word, of course, and and uh, and the sung word um, and and instrumental is very important during the mass. We also need to have leave room for silence, for for contemplating, uh, you know, and kind of thinking about what we just received, what we just heard, um, you know, and, and how it enhanced our lives, and you really kind of reflect upon that. And you know, we we tend again, we tend to get in this hurry. Um, I I'm I'm uncomfortable with silence, you know, and and so. Um, instead of giving a little bit of silent time after communion for people to really kind of sit and reflect and pray and and meditate, you know, I'm I'm jumping up and saying, well, let us pray, you know, <laughs> and uh, um, I need to I need to get better at that, but but it's it's a little difficult. But sometimes silence can be as important, you know, in in a song that, that there are are rests every now and then. And when I was in, uh, in school, you know, whenever we would try to run over the rest, you know, um, the, the choir director would, would stop us and he'd say, no, 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 no. We need that silence. You know, we need that little pause in there because that's important. It's the, the silence is as important as the rest of the music. And, you know, it always seemed a little, little strange to me, but, uh, but I, I understand the wisdom of that, you know, because we, we need that pause. Uh, and in a in a, a choir piece or something, it's not going to be very long, obviously. But in the mass, sometimes we need to maybe be a little better uh, at you know uh, just being a little quiet and letting people have that time to reflect. Now, one of the times that I do that very well is. Uh, uh, during the penitential rite, and uh, I, I love singing the penitential rite. Uh, you know, and with uh, I've I've used the the, the Kyrie eleison uh, as well as as the English. You know, uh, Lord have mercy, Christ have mercy, Lord have mercy. Um, but uh, before we start, you know, the priest generally says something along the lines of, you know, now, now let's take a few moments to call to mind our own sinfulness and to ask for God's mercy and forgiveness so that we may better prepare ourselves to celebrate these sacred liturgies, okay? Mm. And then we just rush right into, Lord, have mercy, Christ, have mercy, Lord, have mercy. Well, I thought about that quite a number of years ago, and I thought, you know, I'm, I'm not giving the people very much time to do what I just told them to do. So 
I I took to taking and forcing myself to be quiet for about 20 seconds. Yeah. And 20 seconds, that while that doesn't sound like a lot of time, it can become an eternity. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, but, uh, you know, and, and almost every place I go, you know, now, uh, if, if uh, when I, when I do that and the people aren't used to me, um, when, when I'm just quiet, their heads will go down and then after just a couple of seconds, they, the eyeballs start kind of coming back up like, well, what, what's taking so long? Why aren't, why aren't we, uh, why aren't we saying something, you know? Yeah. And I just, I just force myself to, to keep silent, um, to let that thought process happen. You know, and, and then I'll start singing, you know, um, uh, the, the Kyrie or something of that nature. So, yeah. We need to take a short break right now, but don't change that dial. We'll be right back with more about the importance of music in the liturgy with Father Kevin Weber. On double-edged sword, cutting to the heart of a deceptive culture on Divine Mercy Radio. Father Kevin Weber. The importance of music in the liturgy. We are talking with Father Kevin Weber about the importance of music in the liturgy. You know, you mentioned earlier, you know, if it's if it's done well, then it really enhances the liturgy. And, uh, you know, how, you know, and you'll, you know, I don't know if you actually said if it's done bad, then it's not. I don't know if you said that, no, but no, that would be that. the I flip. No. <laughs> OK, no. so so how can parishes improve their music? Well, um, you know, one, I mean, if, if you if you have, uh, you know, uh, people who who in the congregation, uh, you know, are, are pretty good singers and, and, and can carry a tune well, you know, and if they're not cantors or, or uh, uh, song leaders, you know, then, you know, by all means, you know, maybe speak to them and say, you know, have you have you considered being a cantor for our parish? You know, you, you have a nice voice or or journey, joining the choir. Um, you know, it was it was so funny. When I was, and you know, it's not just the priest's job to do that. I mean, oftentimes that is what happens. The priest will approach, like when I was in eighth grade, I, I mean, sorry, a freshman in high school, the, the pastor approached and, and asked me about that. But, uh, you know, the, the congregation, the people in the, in the pews can do just as, as well at, at encouraging people to, to step forward and do that singing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and uh, um, I, when I was uh, a priest out, uh, you know, I took my uh, couple of nephews and, and my younger sister and a couple of her friends took him out to Colorado to uh, to go skiing one winter uh, and uh, we went you know we were there over the weekend and I said well we'll be going to mass and there's there was a little church and we were at Winter Park and there was this little church and it was tucked back in the woods you, you know you really had to want to get to mass in order to go to it and we went there and, and the priest was uh, uh, he was a little bit different, uh, uh, a different uh, character about him. And uh, all through the mass, you know, he was, uh, you know, 
talking about, well, this is the way we do things here. And, and in my mind, I'm like, oh, man, we, we do this this way everywhere. <laughs> why, why are you explaining this? You know, but he, he had come to the you know realization that he had a lot of guests from all over the country and, and maybe even all over the world and, and would oftentimes just kind of explain things. But um, at the end of Mass, he was coming out and we were sitting in a pew um, right where he was going to w- be walking by. And uh, he, he walked past and then he made a U-turn and he came back and he, he looked at me and he says, say, you have a really good voice. Mm. He says, uh, are, are, you, are you a cantor where you are in your parish? And I said, no, I'm not. And he says, well, are you at least a member of the choir? And I said, no. And he says, well, what's wrong with you? He says, you have a nice voice and, and you're not going to be a cantor or, or a, a choir, you know, in the choir at your parish. Why, why would you not do that? I said, because I'm the pastor there. And he just looked at me kind of stunned, and he says, well, of course you are. And he turned around and walked off. <laughs> oh, how funny. Yeah. But, you know, um, but, but to have somebody stop and, and, and tell you, you know, uh, you know, you, gosh, you, you really have a nice voice. I like sitting next to you. you or, or around you because I can hear you and you yeah. you help uh, you know with me my, my mom always used to say she's when you were in the pews with us she's I always felt much more comfortable singing along with the songs because you were there supporting yeah. you know my my singing but you know and it's wonderful to have all those people in the pews but if they can also be encouraged to become those song leaders, you know, those people who will, will be up front and canter the, the music and, and uh, lead us in, in song in a beautiful way is a good way to improve upon that. And, you know, to develop a good choir. Um, you know, choirs used to be all the rage, of course. I mean, that's what churches had. I, I, uh, when I Before I was around, Dad uh, used to sing in the church choir up in the choir loft, uh, you know, and uh, he would talk about all the different men who sang in the choir. Of course, you know, a lot of parishes, we don't even have choirs anymore because it's really hard to try to get people to, to join those and, and be willing to give the, the amount of time necessary to be able to go to the practices, but then also to come to that particular mass, uh, you know, and celebrate. So, you know, yeah, to, to have good liturgy, it, it involves sacrifice. You know, you have to be willing to, to make sacrifices so that the, the, the sacrifice of the mass can be celebrated well, you know, but oftentimes in, in, it seems that uh, we, we have trouble, you know, making that sacrifice. Well, I'm so busy, I got this to do, and I can't, I can't take time to do that, and, and that's an unfortunate thing, you know, that, that uh, we, uh, we don't take the time to really um, go and, and, and uh, make those sacrifices so that the liturgy can, can become uh, a, a stronger celebration uh, that gives praise and glory to God. We would we would love to go on and talk more, too, about the church renovations, because in your introduction, it said um, in every place where you served, you had overseen major church renovations or the building of a new space. So should we move to that or is there more that you want to talk about with the, the music and the liturgy? Um, you know, uh, one of the things, uh, there is one more thing that I'd like sure. to talk about, yeah. the music. You know, before Vatican Council II, of course, well, the Mass was in Latin, and so much of the singing was, uh, you know, Gregorian chant or, or, or you know, songs in Latin. Uh, and, and nowadays, of course, you barely hear any songs sung in, in Latin or in the Gregorian chant anymore and stuff like that. And, and if you, you do something like that, oftentimes folks are like, you know, why are we going backwards? Why are we going, you know, well, you know, Vatican Council II did not get 
rid of Gregorian chant or Latin, you know, sung Latin in the Mass, um, it, uh, it still talks about, you know, Latin having a primacy of place among music, you know. Um, and uh, granted, you know, the, the, uh, the, the songs the, that are in the vernacular, songs that we can understand, are a whole lot easier for us to, um, to under, you know, comprehend and to be able to, to learn and to sing along with. But we shouldn't, you know, completely just abandon uh, our past. That that never serves us well to abandon uh, everything that that enriched us for for generations mm-hmm. in the church and and in music. You know, it is that that solid Latin and and uh, you know Gregorian chant and and uh, you know some some Greek and, and and different stuff like that. So so I I just encourage you know parishioners who uh, when they when they hear a Latin hymn you know or if or if we have Benedict uh, you know, uh, exposition of the Blessed Sacrament and, and benediction at the end. And if we're singing the songs in Latin, you know, um, um, and and we're we're uh, you know trying to to do those uh, hymns in Latin. If they come out and say, why why are you singing in Latin? I can't sing along. I don't understand that. You know, to challenge ourselves a little bit and say, well, maybe I need to you know kind of remember what has been important in our history in church and, 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 you know, push myself to learn that, that Latin Mm -hmm. phraseology of the, of the songs and, and, and sing along with it and, and see the beauty of it because it really is a a beautiful uh, way of giving praise and glory to God in, in our history as well. So just wanted to kind of mention that as well, that we don't just drop that completely and and abandon it and, and say, you know, that, that no longer has a place in our, in our mass. Uh, most definitely does and, and, and could have more uh, place in the Mass. Not, not that I'm saying, certainly, that we should um, not do any vernacular songs. Obviously, we should. That's important. But, but uh, to, to uh, have a nice variety, you know. Um, so, yeah. I love it. That's, that's a, a great reminder for each and every one of us. So thank you for that. So um, more about music, or should we move to church renovations? Uh, we can we can move to church renovations. That's fine. Okay, so I, I'm I'm just uh, kind of fascinated that every single church that you have served at has had not just a little bit of renovations, but major renovations of the building of a new church space. So so talk to us about that. Do they put you there specifically because you know that you they have that you have the talent, or or is it just coincidence? What's what's going on there? I, I I think it's coincidence <laughs> because the, the, the first the first time uh, you know it happened was uh, when I was transferred to Ellis uh, you know at St Mary's Parish there in Ellis and they had already been working for years on uh, raising some money to to paint the church uh, the interior of the church um, over the years had had a whole lot of uh, soot uh, you know from the candles and incense mm-hmm. and different things that they'd used and and uh, it it was clear that. It needed some, uh, some, you know, some updating with with the paint, and so they had, they had been uh, doing some uh, raising of funds for that, and they had acquired. They had figured it would be about seventy thousand dollars or seventy five thousand dollars to do that uh, painting job in the church, and uh, they were getting close to it when when I was there um, early on, and but one of the things that I noticed was um, every time it rained, we had leaks. 
you know. And uh, in the winter time, that first winter, when we had a snowstorm, the blizzard blew through, um, and I went out and was helping to shovel the walks. Uh, the the shingles, the the shake shingles on the roof. I was shoveling those off the walk as well, you know, because they were being blown off of the church. And and I just started thinking about it, and I thought, you know. We're talking about painting the inside of this church, which is a wonderful thing. We need to do it, but we can't paint the inside of our church if we're going to have a roof that leaks and ruins it right away. And so I kind of uh, uh, talked with the parish council about that a little bit, and the finance council and, and the staff, and, and uh, worked up the courage to give that message during Mass uh, one weekend. Uh, at all the masses and and just you know said you know um, it's unfortunately the money that you've raised to paint the church is about what it's going to cost to do a to do a, a uh, put a new roof on the church, you know, and uh, but I don't think the bishop is going to let us paint the church until we put a new roof on because we don't want to you know throw good money after bad as it were, and and so. Uh, there were a few people in the congregation, one one uh, couple in particular, uh, that seemed to really grab onto that idea. And they came and talked to me uh, about a week later and said, you know, Father, um, yeah, we we agree with you that that we probably need to put a new roof on the church. So, what did you? How much did you say that was going to cost? And and I said, well, you know, probably about the amount of money that we've raised to paint the church, about seventy seventy five thousand mm. dollars. And God bless them, you know, they, they were those type of people who you, you never knew, or at least I didn't know, that they had got that kind of money, and they just they just said, okay, you got it. Wow. And I was, I, my mouth just dropped open, and I said, well, what do you mean? And they said, well, we'll, we'll take care of that. And I, I was just stunned. Wow. And, uh, you know, and then it just kind of snowballed from there because other people started coming forward and saying, well, if we're going to put the new roof on, we probably need to tuck point and, and seal the church on the outside again. It was a beautiful, it is a beautiful limestone uh, church, you know, and, and uh, we probably need to tuck point and, and seal it and, and all that kind of good stuff. And so let's try to raise money for that. And then, the, you know, the, the pews probably need to be refinished. And it just kind of kept going. And like any renovation project, you know, in your house, if you start working on the kitchen, all of a sudden you've moved into the living room and then down the hall and into the bedroom. <laughs> and it just kept keeps going and and uh it ended up i think the the whole project once we got you know finished with it was probably somewhere around a half million dollars wow. uh that it took to do the renovation project but god bless those people in ellis we had that money before it was all done and it was you know uh they just once they really got behind it they they were ready to go and uh and we painted and, and it really went well and and uh so yeah I, I that was a very very enjoyable uh enjoyable um uh, renovation project uh, yeah. because because it just it went so kind of uh, easily, effortlessly, and and we had a lot of local contractors who were just you know skilled laborers who were uh, parishioners, and they they you know donated their time and talents and and the, uh, abilities and and really just made the project come together nicely. And then then they moved me over to Hayes at, at Immaculate Heart, and they were working on a on raising money to to build a new church over there. They'd been doing that for quite a while. So so many of the projects that I came into, you know. Um, they were already started on them before I got there. And I, I don't really, you know, I never imagined that I would be doing those kinds of projects, uh, renovation or, or building or anything like that, but would go in and, and uh, 
um, it would just kind of fall into place, you know, and, and so it was, it was great. Yeah, the, the uh, building of the church there at uh, Hayes at Immaculate Heart, man, you know, that was uh, over a $6 million project. And, I, you know, when I was in the seminary imagining the priesthood, it never <laughs> crossed my mind that I would be uh, working with budgets, you know, to to build a church of over, you know, millions of dollars, you know, and uh, and but that's that's how it happens. So it just it just you know went on, and uh, there again that you know that project just uh, went went really really well, and and uh, I know it's not perfect, you know, and I know that right now the parish Immaculate Heart of Mary is is working on. Uh, Raising funds again, I think they're doing. A, they're I, well. I know they're doing a, a capital campaign to raise funds to to do some beautiful um, paint work. You know, on the inside of the church. Uh, when when we finished it, it was it was pretty plain and simple. Beautiful, but plain and simple. You know, and uh, they're looking at at doing some really high. Uh, art, artistic work on the inside of the church, and I've seen uh, pictures of it. Friends with Father Nick, and, and uh, he's shown me some pictures, images of what they're hoping to do, and it's just gorgeous uh, of what they're they're hoping to do there. And uh, of course, they they want to finish out the basement. That was one part of it. We we you know put the basement in, but we never got it finished. And so they're wanting to finish that up, uh, and that's that's a great uh, aspect of it as well. And and uh, the diocese um, requested that they also would build. A new rectory there that would be a little more suitable for uh, having uh, like seminarians stay at the parish and help out and and uh, do some uh, uh, you know have uh, you know uh, multiple priests you know and, and guest priests and different things like that. They the, the rectory there is wonderful and nice, uh, but uh, it's not w- very accommodating to have guests there. So, so yeah, so they have a huge project going on there again, and, and uh, I wish them all the luck in the world, and, and certainly I hope they all know that I'm praying for them uh, in that project, that it, that it goes so well. So uh, mm-hmm. good luck with all that and God's blessings. Excellent. Uh, yeah, and then and then I came down here to to Salina. Now there was no project started when I got here, um, but uh, but one of the things I noticed when I when I came here was uh, that there were some some things that that needed a little bit of attention, and it was just it was just going to start out with a very small thing, you know. Um, the 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 there were some sound absorbing materials on the back wall of the church. Where most of the congregation don't, they didn't see it. Um, but I would be standing up there as the presider, staring at that the whole time, you know. And uh, it, when they put it up, I don't know what happened, um, but it seemed like the glue kind of had some kind of a reaction with some moisture that was in the wall or something. But the the material just looked like camouflaged, you know. Uh, and it, and it it certainly didn't look the way it was supposed to look. And I just suggested that maybe we try to 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 replace that and and work on it and talked again to the parish council and finance councils and staff about that and and just kind of like in in Ellis all of a sudden people were talking about well you know we we probably really need to work on this and work on that and the sound system we could improve upon that and lighting it's so dark in the church and you know and all of a sudden we're we're doing all this stuff and then we we do a 3.2 million dollar renovation project here and and add on to the gathering space and again it turned out well but uh 
I, it wasn't what I was expecting when I came here. Yeah. <laughs> I, told, I told the bishop, uh, I said, you know, you try to move me again, you keep doing this, uh, or if I keep doing this, uh, you try to move me again, and the next parish is going to say, yeah, we don't want him, we can't afford him. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. <laughs> we are talking with Father Kevin Weber, and what a, an incredible hour it's been. But we have just about six minutes left. I know, Father, that, that you have produced um, some CDs, so you want to put a plug out for your CDs. Oh well, well, uh, the only CD I still have available is is uh, uh, one that's for Lent. It's it's called Crossing His Path: A Lenten Journey. That's the only one that I have any copies left of. Um, but uh, when I was in Ellis, um, and and uh, the bishop had asked me to uh, to move over to Hayes, kind of as a as a going away present to the parish, I just uh, I uh, went over to Hayes and, and got with. Uh, Oh, gosh, uh, Billinger. I can't think of his first name right now. Gosh darn it. Anyway. Wayne. Wayne, Wayne, yes. Yeah, Wayne Wayne Billinger. And God rest his soul. uh, uh, Great guy. But uh, at any rate, I I went over and talked with him. He, uh, you know, recorded music and stuff. And and, uh, so... uh, uh, I just put together kind of a simple, you know, uh, ten song CD of some of my favorite church songs and stuff like that, and, and gave it to the parishes as a going away present. And then um, when I was in Hayes, uh, after I got over there, decided, well, I'll work with Wayne again and 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 do a Christmas uh, CD. And so I did that, and and we were doing fundraising for the parish at that point to do the reno- uh, to the, do the building project. So. I said, you know, any proceeds that come from the sales of, of this CD, we'll just put that toward the building project. So, uh, so that that went real well and and sold out of those things and couldn't keep up with the demand. So yeah, so I I still have a copy of each of those for myself, but, <laughs> but I don't have any more copies to to get give away to people or or to sell to anybody. But the the Linton one, I, I did that a few years later. Uh, and also used it, its proceeds uh, to for, for the help of the building of the church and and uh, but yeah uh, th- those were fun projects to do but they take a lot of time and and uh, I I find it difficult to get that time in in these days to to do another one of those but uh, maybe one day who knows. Who knows? Nurse, we want to get your, your blessing. It is the 3 o'clock hour. We want to go to the chaplet, um, but uh, we want to make sure we get your blessing. And if you want to, to sing uh, a short uh, prayer for us, that would be wonderful, too. And I will kneel down for your blessing. Okay. Heavenly Father, we ask your blessing to come upon all those who are listening on the radio and uh, who support Divine Mercy Radio uh, across our diocese and uh, support um, whatever other uh, institutions there are that uh, uh, support the Catholic Church. We ask that you will continue to guide us in all of our ways and give us the strength and the courage to follow after you. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. And may the Lord be with you, and may the blessing of Almighty God be upon you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 And a song? Would you mind a short song? Short. Well, oh, oh, oh short. Well, uh, um, let's see. Uh, I was going to sing the Salve Regina, but that, that takes a little bit of time. So... Uh, can you do um, a few few verse or a, a, a little bit of it? I don't know. I don't well, want to sure, be sure, disrespectful, sure. but <laughs> so um, Salve Regina, Mater Misericordiae, Vita Dulce do et spes nostra salve. A te clamamus exules filiae, O 
te suspiramus, gementes et flentes, in hoc lacrimarum vale. Ea ergo advocata nostra, ilos tuos misericordes oculos, ad nos converte. Et Jesum benedictum vuctum ventris tui, nobis post hoc exilium ostende. O clemens, O pia, O dulcis virgo maria. Beautiful. Had to do the whole thing. I, co- I couldn't break it anywhere. I but, love um, it. But, but I sang it fast. <laughs> uh-huh. that's, that's faster than it normally sounds. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. You did a, a really, oh, just beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. Well, I want to say thank you. Thank you, thank you for, for your time, for your talent, for your treasure. You gave it all three to us, and, and we are so appreciative. All right. Well, you take care, okay? You too. Thank you so much. Thank you for tuning in to Double-Edged Sword, Cutting to the Heart of a Deceptive Culture. If you're a business or service that can support this Double-Edged Sword show, please note that your underwriting will run three times during this show, which runs five times a week. Just call 785-621-4110. You're listening to Divine Mercy Radio. If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts.